Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be knowing God. Let's begin in Hosea chapter 4. In Hosea chapter 4, beginning in the first verse, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive, nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore thou shalt fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. We find in this passage the importance of knowing God and the knowledge of God. Verse 1 says, For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Then verse 6 tells us, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because who has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Knowing God is essential to our walk with Christ. It's not enough just to know about Him, or to be aware of Him, or even to feel His presence in our lives. We need to truly know Him for who He is, as our God, and as our friend. The problem that was occurring in Israel at this time was that the people weren't learning because the priests weren't teaching them. They weren't fulfilling their role as priests to educate the people. Matthew Henry said concerning this, This was not because they had not the light, but because they hated it. Israel was unique in that it was a nation set apart by God and for God. This special designation meant that the light of the truth and the knowledge of God were not only available to them, it should have been clear to them. This lack of knowledge led to the people of Israel becoming ignorant. Ignorance is the opposite of knowledge. This is important because there are two different types of ignorance. The first type is unwillful ignorance. 
This is when knowledge and truth are inaccessible or unavailable to a person, or when the knowledge is just not yet learned. This is the better type of ignorance because it leaves room for growth. Because some knowledge may be currently unknown to a person, that doesn't mean that that same knowledge won't be made known to them at a later time. The second type of ignorance is willful ignorance. This is when knowledge and truth are both accessible and available to a person, but they choose to refuse it, or when a person has already learned knowledge, but then chooses to reject it. Having once learned and understood, their refusal and rejection causes them to revert back to a state of ignorance. This is the worst type of ignorance because of the fact that it is willful. It leaves no room for growth because it refuses growth. There is a conscious decision made to refuse and reject the truth. Israel fell into this trap of willful ignorance. They consciously rejected knowledge and forgot the law. They rejected the light and they hated it. In the absence of knowledge, ignorance came in and filled the vacuum because they are opposites by nature. This willful ignorance that Israel indulged in caused them to fall into many different types of sins, which brought them further and further away from the knowledge of the truth and further separated them from God. It's important for us to understand our connection to Israel. The same way that they are the chosen people of God, we who are born again, born into the family of God, are also the chosen people of God. We've been grafted into the tree of Israel. We as Gentiles were of the wild olive tree. But if we become born again and accept Jesus' sacrifice made on our behalf, we could be grafted into the good olive tree of Israel. Romans 11 verses 24 through 25 say, For if thou were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. We find that not only are we grafted into the tree of Israel, but also that they were, and are still today, experiencing blindness. The word for blindness in the Greek is perosis, which means a covering with a callus, blindness, hardness of heart, it comes from poros, which is a kind of marble. Strong's concordance goes further to say metaphorically, it's applied to organs of feeling. It means insensitivity, numbness, obtuseness, dulling of the faculty of perception or deadness. We must ask ourselves the questions. What caused them to experience blindness of this magnitude? And what caused them to become callous and hard-hearted? It was their willful ignorance. It was their choice to turn a blind eye to their sinful ways. Verse 7 said, As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Then verse 8 tells us, They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. The NSAB version translates this verse as they feed on the sin of my people and direct their desire toward their iniquity. The word in Hebrew for desire or heart is nafshuv, meaning the soul, living being, life, the self, passion appetite, or emotion. This shows us that the Israelites were consumed by their sin and made their sinful ways into their way of life. They had an appetite for sin, fueled by their passion for it. This setting of their heart towards iniquity is a direct result of their willful ignorance. The word in Hebrew 
for set or direct is yisu, meaning to lift, to carry, or to take. This gives us a deeper insight into the effects of willful ignorance. Once we have chosen to reject truth and become ignorant, we become more susceptible to falling into sinful ways, which when we do, causes us to have to lift and carry the burden of our sin, and it causes us to have to take the penalty for our sins. Ignorance is not always sinful, but also very dangerous to our spiritual life. This particular sin is one that Israel fell prey to many times. They were especially susceptible to it because they were a stiff-necked people. Since we've been grafted into the tree of Israel, and since there is such a special connection between Israel and us, it's very important that we need to heed the warnings given to them, because they apply to us too. It's also important that we learn from their mistakes, especially their rejection of truth. One thing that we can learn from Israel is that it wasn't a lack of knowledge that plagued them. It was the disregarding of knowledge. This was the root cause of their blindness. In a similar way, it wasn't a lack of light. It was the refusal to accept the light, which left them in darkness, unable to see. They had a hatred for the light. By their sinful ways and actions, they proved that they were hostile towards it. We find the same to be true in the world today. People love darkness and they hate the light. Because before we're born again, we're subjected to our sinful fallen nature, which is a nature beholden to both types of ignorance. Jesus spoke many times about this. John chapter 3 verses 19 through 21 say, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Today, we find people all around the world who make the same mistake that Israel did. They choose to be willingly ignorant, and subsequently they spend their lives in servitude to sin. Jesus is the light of the world. Before we come to Christ, we're spiritually blind, surrounded by spiritual darkness, and He alone can open our eyes to the truth and shine His light upon us. When people hear the truth, that Christ is Lord and Savior and died to save them, and then reject that truth and turn a blind eye to it, they're allowing themselves to fall into the same trap that the Israelites fell into. They become blinded and willfully ignorant. As Christians, we've accepted the truth. Our eyes have been opened to the spiritual light of Christ. But willful ignorance is still a trap that we must beware of. An example of this with Christians is when we become too comfortable in what we presently know and stop seeking to grow deeper in the things of God, or when we know the truth and then ignore that knowledge and in turn go against it. Once we have knowledge, we are then responsible for it. The church of Ephesus fell prey to this. Revelation chapter 2 verses 4 through 5 say, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. They didn't lose their first love, they left it, which makes a big difference. This means that they made a conscious decision to do so. They had the truth, and they later ignored it. Many Christians make the same mistake today. Willful ignorance is a slippery slope, 
And if we allow ourselves to go too far down that road, it will be detrimental to us. We must remember that the Lord said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The penalty was destruction. This is both a natural and a spiritual destruction. And he says, my people, which shows that he's speaking to us, the people of God. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6 say, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. This can destroy us, but only if we let it. The devil uses his lies and subtlety to make us think that ignorance is better than knowledge. He wants us to think, as the old adage says, that ignorance is bliss. Since this is such a dangerous trap that we need to beware of, we need to see how to avoid it. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. In 1 John chapter 1, beginning in the 5th verse, it says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Understanding that God is light is the foundation of our role as Christians. God is truth himself, and is the source of all truth. All true knowledge comes from him. If we are walking in the knowledge of God, and truly know God, we will be walking in light. If we refuse or reject the truth, we will be brought back into bondage and into darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, and we are called to reflect his light, like the moon reflects the light of the sun. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have Christ living within us, and because of this, we have the truth already within us. Then we must walk in the light of the truth because of this. We can never allow ourselves to turn a blind eye to the truth within us. When people who have not yet been saved allow themselves to hate the light, they subsequently allow themselves to hate the God who is light. This is why understanding that God is light is the first step to avoiding the trap of ignorance. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in the 21st verse, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This is a dire warning that we need to adhere to. The key part of this passage is in verse 23, when it says, I never knew you. We have to know God, we have to know his word, and we have to truly spend time with him. We get a further insight into the importance of knowing God from the word used for know. The word in Greek for know is genosko, which means to come to know, to recognize, to perceive. This is an important definition, because as we saw before, 
Blindness meant a dulling of the faculty of perception. When we accept Christ and really start to know God for ourselves, He not only opens our spiritual eyes, He also sharpens and strengthens our perception. Perception is the faculty by which we gain knowledge. Once God refines our perception, we are able to better perceive knowledge, truth, and light. This is part of why it's so important to know God. There is also a deeper meaning of the Greek word genosko. Strong's Concordance says that it means to know, especially through personal experience and first-hand acquaintance, to experientially know. We get to know God the same way that we get to know other people in our lives. If you want to get to know someone, you need to be with them on a one-to-one -one basis. You need to personally experience them and have experiences with them. The same holds true for getting to know God. When we truly get alone with God and spend time with Him and experience Him, it immeasurably changes our lives for the better. Hosea 4 and 1 said, For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. The same can be said to the church today. There are people who talk like Christians and act like Christians, but have no knowledge of God. There are churches that follow traditions and rituals of men and teach the doctrines of men, but have no knowledge of God. The difference is always made by knowing God. The greatest lesson that Christians have to offer to the world today is that we can know God for ourselves. We as the people of God know the light and we walk in it. We let the light guide us. And it's that first-hand knowledge and experience of God that changed our lives forever. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because who has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. He's speaking to us, his people. We are destroyed, naturally and spiritually, through a lack of knowing God in that first-hand, experience-based way. This same destruction, for lack of knowledge, is what we see in Matthew chapter 7. People are dying every day and going to hell because of a lack of the knowledge of God. This is why we who have the light must walk in it and spread it in order to show those around us a different and a better way to live. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John chapter 4, beginning in the fourth verse, it says, Year of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. When we know God and walk in the light, it is evident in the fruit that is produced and manifests in our life. The chief of these fruits is love. We will exemplify love towards God and towards others. Others may never read a Bible in their lives, but when they see our love, it will serve as a testament to the love and the greatness of our God. John 6 and 44 says, No man can come to me 
except the Father which have sent me draw him. The Lord uses us when we let our light shine to draw men out of darkness, and then he can open their eyes to the marvelous light, which is only to be found in Jesus Christ. Light by nature dispels darkness, and darkness makes light more noticeable. We must keep shining our light, because that's how the spiritually blind people all around us may receive their sight. It's by our love that we walk in the light. It is not God's will for us to be destroyed. He desires for us to prosper and to be in health, even as our soul prospers. It's necessary that we avoid the pitfalls of ignorance and instead get along with God and learn of Him, and then let that knowledge go down into our spirit and manifest outwardly in our everyday life. When we do, we will see the difference that it makes in our lives and in the lives of those around us. The lighthouse isn't just a building. It's us. We're the lighthouse of the kingdom of God. We must keep our light burning because those lost and drowning in a sea of spiritual darkness need to know where they can go to have their eyes opened and receive their sight. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord God, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can know you in a personal way. We thank you that you have revealed yourself through your word and that we can get to know you when we take time to be with you and talk to you. Lord, we ask that through your spirit within us that you continue to guide us and give us wisdom and strength as we walk in the light. Lord, help us to walk in love so that others, when they see our love, will be drawn to you. Lord, we thank you that you are using us as vessels for your purposes. And Lord, we desire to get to know you in an even deeper way, so that we may be used in an even greater way. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you're going to do in our lives. And we give you all the honor and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to have knowledge of God and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback, and tell us how much you appreciate this show. You can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.